Hello, my name's James Pikeway, and this is the Nightline Podcast. If you're interested in cars, car repair, music, fitness, technology, and more, this is the podcast for you. Interested in more of what's going on at Dubai Eye? Go to DubaiEye1038.com and search out our podcasts and blogs. Want to get in touch with me? Nightline at DubaiEye1038.ae. Enjoy the show. Good evening, and for the next hour here in Dubai Eye's flagship studio, we're talking cars with Motoring Middle East. Shazad and Imtishan are back. Phone lines are open. Esther is poised to take the calls. We're ready to go, gentlemen. Let's rev it up. Uh, news hot off the press, of course, that the, a, a new royal member has uh, has been born. God bless Her uh, Majesty. You know, she's had another grand grandchild, a boy. Yes, it's a boy, everyone. But this, is, but this is car talk. Yes. And we were noticing that the prince drove off in a discovery. That's right. Yeah, we were, we were waiting to see the Range Rover. Yes, we were. We were waiting to see the Range Rover, and then he got into a blue. It was a blue discovery, it was a wasn't blue it? Discovery. Yeah. And the funny thing was, the security detail behind him. They had a full mm. bells and whistles Range Rover, didn't yeah. they? With a beautiful uh, <laughs> infinity sunroof, I guess yeah. we call it. it. It was a. They had everything. They had the works. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he was being very sensible. Very sensible. He had the baby seat, made sure the baby seat was secure in the back, you know, and drove up. Even though they got police escort and everything, yeah. but still, he was yeah. being very sensible. Sensible parent, indeed. So, congratulations once again to the royal couple I, on I, their third. I was curious arrival. about the discovery. It wasn't. Yes. It wasn't even. You know, it could have been anything. Well, you know, I mean, they have, you know, the royal family is quite partial to Land Rovers. Even yeah. you, you can find loads of pictures of the Queen peddling around on the grounds of Windsor in, in Defenders and Series 1s and whatnot. You know, I think she drove a Series 1 in the war. I you think know, she so, did, I think so. You know, so. She was a mechanic, though. Yeah. She, yeah. She Go can. figure that yeah. one out. Eh? Yeah. 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 I, I saw one of the, the new Velars, and I, I don't, you know, it was interesting because I was driving behind it, and I hadn't been behind one in quite a while, maybe ever. And I, I was just looking at the lights and just looking at the shape. And there's there's parts of what I saw that I kind of went, wow, it's, it's got a very interesting finish. And then there were other pieces, such as the taillights and stuff. I kind of went, oh, they're kind of underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> interesting. I don't know. I think the overall styling of the Velar is, is very good. I think it's very yeah. cohesive. So wh- where does it sit when we look at, say, uh, a Discovery Right through to the Ranger, well, okay, no, size-wise, because yeah, well, they're different. Yeah, they're different yeah, yeah, yeah. brands. So, so, so basically, it's it's like the um, so it's not so the Evoke, if you like, yeah. is the sort of LR two, okay. and then now you've got a Discovery Sport. Yes. Right. So the Velar is that one. Ah, okay. But actually, it's the Jaguar F Pace. Which is a bigger Discovery Sport? Which which I am not. In, I know I I don't. I'm going. I'm not in love <laughs> with that F pace at all. Yeah. I gotta say, I yeah. I don't. I, I it just looks ugly. I wouldn't go that far. I wouldn't just go that far. But I, know, but, I'm, but I know what you mean, though. The Villa. The thing is, the Villa looks so much better, though. It does. It really does. It does. It looks, it looks pretty special. Yeah, and it it really and it's got a sort of new age Land Rover Range Rover look yes. about it. Which well, that I was one that works they, really well. The way the lights lit up, or what I yeah. thought there could be more. You know, I I was expecting yeah. a a Durango. Yeah. And I got this, you know, little, yeah. little pop 
And yeah. I thought, oh. But there's also there's like a but kind of finish sleekness. Was oh, well, the sleekness. A kind of sleekness yeah. about it, which right. is very difficult if you think about you know a big tall yeah. upright SUV type vehicle. But it's got quite a bit of you know it's got quite nice flow with the lines well, and, and the way things go underneath the bumpers. Yeah. I mean, it's spectacular. They've yeah. really done the design job. Yeah. It's it's an impressive vehicle, one that I would love to drive. I yeah. mean, I can see no, myself I think getting I, in and out. I think it's a very good drive. I was very impressed with the car. And to be yeah. honest, I kind of fell more in love with it when I actually drove it rather than when I first saw it was at the motor show. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, but when I actually had the car, I think and that drove was one it, of your best online pieces. Yeah, it was, I really liked it, and I really liked the interior. Now, the interesting thing about the interior, now again, the, the interior of the Motor Show it didn't really work for me, but I guess yeah. at, the, at the Motor Show, because basically it's just got two screens now. They've got, right. they've done away with the buttons. <laughs> you don't need those. You don't need those. They'll give you a volume knob, so that's quite good. But they've done away with everything else, and it's just two screens. But um, at the Motor Show, those screens were just smudged yeah. all over. They were just, they just looked absolutely horrible. Now, obviously, in the press car, that wasn't the case, so it's much, much nicer. Mm. And then when I went on the uh, the UK uh, launch event for the 2018 Range Rover and Range Rover Sport, what do I find? They've now got the same interior as well. There you go. So it's now that interior has basically translated across the entire Range Rover uh, lineup, um, and it's fantastic. I mean, there's a few little foibles and things that they've got to sure. work out, you know, which I think you know, in time they'll, they'll get them a little bit more intuitive. But uh, generally speaking, it works really well and it looks really cool. But I think the Velar, I think, is is probably one of the pick of the the range right now. I think it mm. looks absolutely fantastic. And he wasn't driving one; he drove his, his mm-hmm. baby home in a Discovery. Discovery. No, he, the the Prince uh, Prince was in the in the Discovery. Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was being, like I said, he was being very sensible about it. Yes. Do you yeah. think it was a diesel? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had a contentious issue that Ooh. one, particularly when it comes to Land Rovers right now, because they've. Uh, yeah, they found that they've they've actually reduced sales in the UK, and they've yeah. actually I think they've announced like a thousand job cuts um, in the oh, UK yeah. because that of that. they're so diesel intensive. And they it made was. a lot of really good diesel. Well, to be driven. honest, a lot of the cars that we get here in petrol, we don't act, they don't actually get them as petrol; they just get them as diesels. Uh-huh. So it's only available. So like a V6 here, you know, over there you just get you just get the V6 diesel. You wouldn't get the V6 petrol. There'd be no point because either go for the big daddy V8s, which yeah. you know people want the performance versions, or they just go for diesel. So, mm. you know, Range Rovers in general, Land Rovers particularly, are all diesels. If you're just tuning in, this is Car Talk, Motoring Middle East, Shazad and Imtishan joining us in studio. My name's James Pikeway, and we're taking questions about cars. As we're, yeah. we're as we're talking about Range Rovers right now, which yeah. was not even in our scope of notes, but... No, but, it's, but because we're watching the telly, <laughs> we're watching the as telly, we do, yeah. and we notice... With no the, sound. Yeah, with <laughs> no sound, and we notice the babies, the royal babies, at, at a quick quick return home. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I was going to say, of course, now we just touched on diesels, Yes. Um, but one of the cars that I drove on the recent event was the um, what is it the the uh, the P H E V I'm trying to get this right the plug in the plug in hybrid electric vehicles right so it's the okay. Range Rover now plug in so, hybrid yeah plug in hybrid so basically it's a hybrid yes it's a hybrid but you've got a little plug under the grill the front so you can literally plug it in charge it up and that gives you the extra mileage uh-huh. so every time you parked in London you don't have to pay congestion charging you plug it in it charges up as well isn't that ridiculous though you're running around in a Range Rover what is saving the planet about driving around in what must be an 80,000 pound vehicle I'll tell you that's a very good point and I'll tell you why it's what what you could describe as even more ridiculous but also quite conscientious is the fact that this big daddy Range Rover with all the bells and whistles and everything that you could hope for was doing 101 miles per gallon it's about 2.8 litres Okay, now you got me interested because yeah. I'm cheap. So why why aren't they bringing those here? They like, will, they will. I think they, they yeah. will, probably about a couple of years down the line we'll get those. Couple we'll of get, years. We'll, well, we'll, 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 no, we want it yesterday. Well, we Shazai. don't have we don't have the plug-in infrastructure, we, do we? But so if, what would be the point? If they bring it, they'll build it. 
<laughs> isn't that Kevin Costner? Yeah, I think there's appetite now, though, isn't there, in the market for I these kinds of vehicles? I think there yeah. is appetite starting to build up. Yeah. And hybrids are starting to see them more on the street. When I landed on the, off the plane recently, all I could see were Priuses on the airport tarmac. It's pretty impressive. Donato is running a lot of air, uh, Priuses really? in the airport. Obviously without plates, but yeah. the airport cars are Priuses, which is kind of cool. Mm. So you're going to see and a lot uh, more. Every manufacturer has a hybrid. They didn't think, oh, you know, it never sell in the Middle East. Now they're thinking, well, maybe it might. The Nissan Leaf. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the resorts and hotels now have got these charges. I was at yeah. the Maha uh, Desert Resort and uh, Conservation Area yes. with Infinity. I've but there, never been there. Uh, it's a nice place. Yeah. But there, right at the front next to the reception, were two Tesla chargers. There you go. Yeah. There was, an, there was a Nissan park next to them. But it was <laughs> a Nissan Leaf? <laughs> no, there were no Teslas. But there were two Tesla chargers. So, okay. yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, it, it may... You know, two years is sort of an estimate, but that could well be speeded up if we're seeing, if we're starting to see more charges and more, you know, yeah. of those outlets around the UAE, then it's quite possible. Mm. But certainly we were there to look at the 2018 model revisions for the car, which is obviously the interior and stuff like that. And of, of course, to drive probably the more Middle East friendly version, which is the Range Rover Sport SVR. <laughs> uh, Jashan, you posted up something in Facebook. What, what were you pulling out of the sand? Was it pulling out of that A Ford Explorer that was stuck? And I think but I aren't Ford Explorers supposed to be off-road worthy? I have to be fair. The person who was driving it was a very nice man out with his family around Kudra Lakes. Clearly hadn't understood that to go into the sand, you need to deflate the tires. And he had yeah. these big 20-inch wheels. He didn't even know what deflation, deflation was okay. or why you would do it. So he kept telling me, but I put it in sand mode. I put it in sand mode. And why fails to understand is sand mode is not magic. If it's deep sand, the car can still very much get stuck, and the Explorer is a big, heavy car. Yeah. So, to be fair to Ford, if the car was deflated on its 20-inch wheels, I'm sure it would have gone just about yeah. anywhere. Yeah. But just a lot of manufacturers put these modes, and I'm not saying that they're baiting and switching, but I do think that's a little disingenuous sometimes, that if you put a, a desert mode in a Raptor, doesn't necessarily mean that you can drive a Raptor, and I'm very serious, you can't just yeah. drive a Raptor into the sand and hope for the best. There are things that you need to do. And things that people need to understand. Yeah, there we go. Car Talk is the program. Imtishan Shazad here from Motoring Middle East. That's MotoringMiddleEast.com. Car questions? These guys have car answers. Why do you want to call in? It's Car Talk with Motoring Middle East. Shazad and Imtishan. I'm James Pikeaway. And for the remainder of this hour, we are talking about the coolest things on the road and possibly the ugliest things and the things that you would never like to drive again in your life. Uh, you name it, we're talking about it. Omar's come through. Quick question. What is the correct pronunciation of V-E-L-A-R? I thought th I, this has got to be a true question. Of a villar, the range of I, it I just call it the Villar. I, you I call it Villar? Am I pronouncing yeah. it wrong? I call it Villar. Almost I, like the Volari. I, I mean, Vol I think, I it's think, not Volar. Well, Volari. I, think, I think we had a far more uh, contentious. Is it a Velar? Well, we had a far more contentious subject last week when we were talking about Camaro. So <laughs> there's nothing. It's Camaro. Camaro. It's I not knew Camaro. I, I knew it's Camaro. I'd, Camaro. See, yeah. I knew I'd get you going again. Maybe it's so, the. I, I'm thinking. Well. I, I'm thinking that Omar set me up because I'm pronouncing it wrong. Yeah. But no, I don't Vilar? think so. It's just Velar, and because okay. Velar actually harks back to the uh, original concept for the Range Rover and it was sort of the I think it was a code name for the project so that's what they've named it after so okay. it's a sort of from within the history of that Range Rover that is such a nerdy mm. thing though yeah but that's where it comes from Camaro? that's where the names come from such a nerdy Camaro, thing Camaro Camaro the, the Vela so. yeah. which, which, which is the nerdy thing did I nod off here for a second what's Tomato, the nerdy thing Camaro. what did I miss here what's nerdy the Camaro Lar <laughs> yeah. ooh what a great car there you go we should make we should make that <laughs> that'll be the uh, off-road Camaro probably, okay. probably coming soon here we got GM. another issue We've, we're being confronted by another problem it says hi guys hello back hello 
I'm planning to buy a Toyota Fortuner. Question is, is there a best way to go from switching to a saloon from sw- switching from a saloon car to an SUV? I co- currently own a Toyota Corolla. That's a, I'm I'm a little bit perplexed <laughs> yeah. by that question. Honestly, is there a uh, good way? He's transitioning to, to a Fortuner. Yeah, yeah. I is, mean, is there, you is could there? you could do it gently if I you like. <laughs> you know, you could like you know take the take the Fortuner out for an hour and then just park it again and take the Corolla for the rest. I, I think no. jump in both feet. I think you, you, have, you get no. You have to go full in. I, I mean, think, you know, yeah, you, you just, but. But but I, I maybe but. he's thinking. Hold on, driving styles. It's a it's a saloon well, car. I would, it's an I would SUV. Well, I would say that hopefully he hasn't made the purchase yet. Hopefully. Um, so what I would say staying in the family. This is good. Well done. Yeah, staying in the staying in the Toyota family. That's for sure. But what I would say is that extensively drive the Fortuna before you make that decision. Because if you are asking that question. It may be that you're perhaps not comfortable about driving what you perceive to be a bigger, taller vehicle. So in that case, you should at least... Thirst you. Yeah, Thirst you. Yeah, no, but he's talking about driving. Is he talking about driving? Oh, maybe you're right, actually. Maybe he's talking about the economies of it as well. I switch into marketing speak. He got mm. a 360-degree view of this purchase because yeah. it's not just a question of parking. It's more difficult to park than a Corolla. It will take more petrol than a, Paro- a Corolla. Are, are all the four Regardless of which engine you Are pick. they all four? The, what they They're 2.7 or 4 liters. I would go for the 4 liter. Who's going to buy the 2.7? Uh, governments, fleets, well, okay. though they buy them because obviously they don't care if you have mm. driving pleasure. <laughs> Two point seven is not that the best four engine. liters a, a nice. That's a good, it's a good engine for that. Car. And the Fortune is a great car. It's yeah. got a really nice interior yeah. on it now. It's got good rear suspension, so it's really a, it's but a again, very good um, car. You got to remember that it is not going to drive like a car, is it? No. It's gonna no, be, it will it's gonna feel roll, different. It's going to stop worse yeah. than a Corolla. <laughs> it accelerates yeah. slower than a Corolla will. But obviously, you can put a lot more stuff into it. But you got to yeah. remember that you're stepping up into it, so if you're slightly shorter, it might yeah. be more of an awkward stretch, etc. No, I mean, that's a it's good a point. It's a bigger vehicle than a Corolla. Yeah, it's a good point. So, for example, one thing you need to consider is the amount, the momentum that the mass is carrying. So you maybe not break, you're breaking a little bit earlier than you normally would. You're slowing down for that corner earlier than you normally would. You have to be a bit more mindful about driving it through traffic. The sense of speed is deceptive yeah. as well, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you'll be driving 80 in a Corolla. feels pretty quick. Yeah. It feels very placid in a bigger, higher SUV. It feels like you're doing 40. So you'll be going oh, much yeah. faster and you yeah. won't feel that sensation yeah. of speed. But so yeah. Conversely, in city traffic, an SUV is generally quite handy in that you are sitting higher up and you get a better view of the traffic ahead. Unless, of course, you're sitting behind another SUV. Which Everybody's <laughs> driving SUVs. <laughs> you know, that was in years case, a bit of a problem. Yeah, so, but there is that perception of being able to see around you a bit better. And that is that mm. perception of being in something that's a bit stronger so um, and more substantial. So get out there Feel and drive good. it. And one last thing. Just because it's a Fortuna doesn't mean you can just drive into the desert, press sand mode and hope for the best, as we just from our last yeah, question. Yeah. Um, even the best off-road guy would need to deflate his tires. So don't assume that because it's four-wheel drive, it'll automatically do everything for you. If you're a Land Rover, maybe. Land Rovers, yeah, you can pretty much press buttons. Car Talks, the program that you found. Motoring Middle East, Shazad Nimtshan are joining us. We're talking about cars. My name's James Pikeway. If you've got questions, queries, comments, do get involved, please. Uh, these guys can fashion an answer to pretty much every automotive-related query you have. Uh, Imtishan, you weren't here last week because you were just uh, cruising around in the new Corvette. Yes, I'm going to say this is the regional exclusive review. Oh, Corvette. Oh, the first one, anyway. I there think. we go. The first one. That's because the embargo yeah. just lifted, the right? The embargo lifted like an hour ago. So this is it. And this everyone it. in the publishing industry, well... Yeah, here we still are printing. right now. They're yeah. still printing. We're out there. They're still, they're still uploading. They're, uh, yeah, they're still uploading. Yeah, yeah those videos are. will take a while. So, <laughs> what... 
did you see? Am I going to be happy with the look? Have they done a huge redesign? Uh, what, what's going on with the Corvette? Uh, after that massive build-up, it'd be disappointing. Yeah. Like, it's all right. Hey, not much. <laughs> okay. Well, this is the king of the hill. The, okay, there we go. King so, of the hill. King of the hill. This Why? Is, this is the fastest Corvette ever made. The most powerful Corvette really? ever made. They're Does fast- it still have the same looking back end that they currently have, or did they do something with that? It's got a big wing on the back. It's got a table. Oh. It's got a kitchen table. It's actually got two tables because yeah. there's two heights of tables. Ooh. All the pictures have the high table. So back up a bit. 715 horsepower, 750, sorry, 715 foot-pounds of torque, 755 horsepower. 714 wow. miles per hour. But that's basically, they've admitted that's as fast as they've taken it. They can probably think, they think it'll go a little bit faster. Depending okay. on the right conditions, it might actually go faster than that. Wow. So it's really quick. Wait until um, Hennessy gets a hold of it. Uh, yes, well, <laughs> you know, it will. It's The engine is hand-built, so it's basically oh. very low. It's low production. Uh, it's 6.2-liter supercharged engine with a 50% larger supercharger. The engine is so tall that they actually the hood doesn't close, so there's a hole in the hood that the supercharger pokes oh, yeah, through. Oh, it's my kind of car. It is your kind of car. Um, the entire front half of the car, the front clip, is no longer um, fiberglass yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it used to all be fiberglass, this vehicle. Now it is all carbon fiber. It oh. is the most carbon fiber on a production So vet. they've upgraded. Nice. It is considerable amounts of carbon fiber. It has the most radiators of any GM vehicle ever made, 13 radiators to keep this thing cool. Isn't that, isn't that as many as the Bugatti had, the Bugatti Veyron? I believe the Bugatti has 14 or 15, oh, wow. but it's close. Just, it's just close. about there, wow. In fact, they've innovated in so many strange Where and odd ways. Where do they fit them all, though? Because there's, uh, there's a bunch in the back, around the back, so airflow. So every time there's airflow, the mm. air, etc. The whole car is basically built around aero. So if you look at the picture of the ZR1, or ZR1, if you're from the colonies. ZR1. Yeah, ZR, yeah. It ZR. has two wings. So there's a wing at the back, and there's actually two different kinds of wings there. Again, there's a regular low wing, which gives you the 214 mile per hour top speed. Then there is a high wing that comes with the ZTK package, which I don't know what ZTK stands for. Chevy loves these little three-letter acronyms, like ZR1. Yeah. And then that comes with a corresponding wing at the front, which is like a biplane wing that sits under the car and actually directs airflow. So there's a huge amount of aerodynamics. They spend thousands of hours on aero, and apparently the aero tunnels are very expensive, So as, well, as they said. So it comes with two transmission options, um, eight-speed manual. The new 10-speed does not fit. And then there is the seven-speed, no, eight-speed automatic, my correction, and the seven-speed manual, both of which are largely the same. Um, There's not a huge lot of differences between ZTK cars and not. You can either order whichever one you want. Uh, It's just sort of suspension tuning. There is a new tire that goes on it. Sorry to get very nerdy. There are actually two new tires. In fact, one that Michelin has just developed for the car. And there's even winter tires if you want to take on the snow in um, Moose Jaw. (laughs) <laughs> if you wanted to. Uh, so we took it on the track at Road Atlanta, which is a very scary, very fast, very, very old school track. And when I say scary, it's because it's like a roller coaster. It's not like Yas, which is pretty flat. The uh, Road Atlanta track has a lot of elevation changes. In the last corner, turn 12, if you Google it, which you should, is a huge drop. A blind corner over a crest and then drops down into the right, straight onto the main straight. On the back straight, the ZR1 was capable of doing 175 miles per hour. It is as quick as cars get. But the car is incredibly docile to drive. Uh-huh. It's pretty much... You've driven the Z06, right? Yeah. The ZR1 feels like a super version of that. It doesn't feel any more difficult to drive than that car. It, you know, I, th- and I don't mean this as in any way as an insult. But I've seen some of my Filipino friends who've uh, tricked out their cars. I'm looking at that wing. Looks like they had a <laughs> Filipino designer. Well, that wing is a bit funny because that is actually functional, right? The whole car is You're functional. thinking, you're thinking the same thing. You've seen. 
Somebody at GM is now yeah, no. but you know, crying yeah, into his but you know latte. The, yeah, but this is the difference between a manufacturer, you know, <laughs> booking, you know, these wind wind tunnels and spending hours and gazillions of dollars. Could have just gone to Manila. <laughs> and those guys going down to Halfords and buying the biggest <laughs> wing off the shelf and bolting it onto the you back. You can actually <laughs> fiddle with the wing. But I want to point something that's even funnier. Yeah. Because if you look at that wing, um, and GM admits to this, but it's absurd. So <laughs> the wing is actually bolted to the chassis of the car. Because if you bolt it to the deck lid of the boot, that doesn't do anything. That's not a structural part. So they'll just <laughs> flop around or wrench the ah. boot. So it's actually bolted to the chassis of the car. And the normal boot lid is in front of it. And it's just like a normal car, but it's got plenty of boot space. However, if you have the ZTK package and you try to open the boot of this, let's be honest, track car, you will pinch your fingers and possibly lose a bit between oh. the wing and the boot lid. So the recommended way of opening the, the boot is to go from the side. Because you <laughs> go actually... From the, go from the side. I know, I You need know. like a crowbar to open it or something. It's really how tricky. Get, how do you get it open from the side? No, you, you pop the thing and then you go around to the side and sort of finger it open and oh lift dear, it up oh dear. lift it up over the wing. Because if right. you give your fingers where the wing are, it'll just pinch them off. Oh dear. I, I gotta say, I'm so looking... Nobody thought about this when they made this. I don't, I don't suppose people put much pictures. luggage in the back of that. But they probably really. have another car where yeah. they bought a ZR1. I'm, I'm looking at the pictures. I'm in love. Like, yeah. this is... It is one of the fastest cars I've ever driven. Unlike a Hellcat, it puts the power down. Sebring, it's very good. Sebring Orange. <gasps> but yeah. the thing, but here's a question though: yeah. Isn't this a race car? I mean, can it we can I car. can I drive to Dubai Mall in this? Sure, car? absolutely, you yeah. can. Uh, clearance isn't the best, and that front wing, if you break it, is really expensive. Again, ah. another carbon fiber bit. And if you mash it in an accident, be aware the front half is carbon fiber. The bumper, even the bumper beam that protects the car, like any other car, this one has special holes drilled into it so that air can reach the heat exchangers. So there's so much stuff. The interior is the only bit that is not super exciting because it just feels like a regular Corvette. It's got some carbon fiber bits on the trim, on the dashboard, and the steering wheel, etc. But you wouldn't know that you're sitting on the So it's faster than the Ferrari, but far more affordable. Well, let me get some of the numbers. Um, The numbers are crazy. 2.8 seconds, 0 to to 60. That's pretty quick. Under three seconds. With a manual. Unbelievable. Actually, here's, here's the real thing. The manual is nicer to drive than the automatic. The automatic is good. Mm-hmm. It's probably faster, but the manual is more fun. And even the Corvette guys say the manual is the way to go for now. With so there you go. A car that's that quick that is for a fraction of the price, right? Yeah. Right? Fraction yeah. of the price? Yeah. It's not It's not fraction. It is a, it is a fraction. You are correct. But it ah. is not a, a, a small fraction. Okay. Oh. So the, the price in the Middle East. Not the fraction that I was thinking of. The price in the Middle East, a deep breath. Um, remember, this is a limited car. Well, the GM is not saying it's limited, but I do think it is limited. Yeah. They're not going to make many of them. Price? 556,100 dirhams. Ooh. How, how much? 556,100. How much is the Z06 that you drove? I don't know. That's going back a bit, isn't it? <laughs> I'd have to look that up. But, I mean, just thinking about comparative cars. I think that was 380. We're, we're looking at a 911 Turbo for, what, just over 600? Yeah, Something or a like Jaguar that. F-Type SVR. Yeah, yeah. So BMW M4, nowhere s- near performance-wise. So I suppose it kind of, it's sort of in that territory, but it's kind of... It's faster than I yeah. Turbo. But it's basically, if you think in Porsche terms, we were discussing this, is equivalent to the GT2 RS. In mm. sort of, it's the okay. ultimate, ni- if the ultimate 911 is a GT2 RS, this is the ultimate Corvette. Is it for everybody? No. Is it, in fact, a dedicated track car? Yes. I think it is a car that you'd feel silly driving on the road because it's too much car for the road. But that yeah. goes back to the question I was asking. It's like, will you go, would you go to the mall in this thing? You well, could. obviously, you can't but put your shopping in it because you w- get your fingers off. No, you can. Yes. You can. Yes. You just have to remember <laughs> <Of course you laughs> that you can't lift your shopping over the wing because the wing is enormous. Yeah. 
And but you can actually visibility through the wing in the back is actually really no, good. You, you get everything delivered home. Like yeah. <laughs> if you have this car, you got delivered. But yeah. it is also can you very put, comfortable. Can you put your crash helmet in the back then? You can put and your crash. Can helmet. you put spare tires in the back? Not ah. the car. Not the car spare tires. Oh, wow. <laughs> the twenty-inch wheels. Gentlemen, we got more to talk about. Car talks. The program ordering Middle East is here. Get involved. Motoring Middle East, Imtishan and Shazad joining us as we unpack the wild and wacky world of cars. Shazad, you're looking for a price. Did you find it yet? No. (laughs) Actually, what happened? I got distracted because I was looking back at my Z06 uh, review. And I was thinking, wow, what a great car (laughs) that was. I started started reminiscing. Because you remember what happened? I remember I had that in the summer. Yes. Right? And I went down with the to roof my, down. And I and I drove it with the roof down in the summer because yeah. it's a manual because car. Because you can. Because I just loved it. And because just, the summers are, you know, hey, this is where we live, and the summers work. <laughs> it's I it's don't, just I a don't, little warmer. I wouldn't I wouldn't quite go that far. You it had was, the roof down in the was, summer. That's a testament to the quality of life in the Emirates. It was it was very uh, it was a very hot day. It was a very hot day. Huge turnaround because Shazad at the beginning was like, you know, the C7 Vet. I'm not really that crazy about it. Then he drove the manual, like I told him to from the start oh, and he, but one more nerdy fact about ZR1 or ZR1 as I should call it um, the supercharger takes a 100 horsepower to run <laughs> wow so <laughs> and it's always running right and it's uh, 50% larger so in effect the actual motor makes 840 horsepower wow. think about that for a second it's actually so, hang on, like, so you've subtracted that for yeah. the supercharger yeah the actual engine right. makes 840 horsepower because it loses 100 running wow. the supercharger all the time wow so it's actually 840 horsepower motor so yeah top trumps yeah. hey uh, we're gonna we want to have a quick conversation about the qx30 but before we get there rihanna has come through and uh, with a good question and says uh, good evening guys does super the fuel super fuel that you get at the gas pumps as opposed to you know the other ones does it burn faster than special is it any better? This is I drive a Land Cruiser and fill up nothing but super. It drinks it up by the gallon. Uh, any tips on fuel efficiency? I don't believe you need to put the super into the uh, Land Cruiser. Which Land Cruiser? V8s? I think even the V8. Even, even then, because Land Cruisers are designed to run on anything. Yeah, the that's, truck motors. Yeah, that's yeah. what they are meant yeah. to be. Now, now, basically, it's not about it burning fast or anything like that. It's a difference in octane, but that's more down to the kind of car that you're putting it in. And usually, yeah. so we get a lot of press cars right and usually when i pull up at a petrol station i much to the surprise of the attendant i normally jump out of the car and go around to the filler cap before i say anything to him and he's like why am i do- why is he doing that the reason i'm doing that is because i want to open the filler cap to look inside because if it's a 98 octane it will say 98 octane yeah. in which case you put the super in if it doesn't say that then you just put the regular stuff in there is actually no benefit to be gained mm. by putting the more expensive stuff and they've stuff designed in. them for those particular fuels yeah it's been it's been the engine management system has been set up for that yeah. fuel there's no point putting the what uh, the better stuff in what if it says 98 or premium recommended like yeah. a lot of cars do they that doesn't say don't do it but it says no. recommended then that, what that just means you lose a few brake horsepower and stuff like that but also like if you're in some you know i got into trouble once didn't i when i said this on the air that some petrol stations don't have the, remember that and people yeah. start calling yeah. in from yeah. everywhere yeah. but I've never in, been to a petrol station that scenario, doesn't have a selection. In su- I have. So mm. In such a scenario where you may not encounter the 98. See, I think the text machines have gone crazy already. Yes. No, if you can't encounter 98, that means you can still run it on the other yeah. stuff. And then, you know, later on you can fill it up with the uh, with the 98. But that's generally, this is more to do with high-end luxury vehicles and high-end performance vehicles. Like, I'm sure the Corvette would probably want. Actually, you know, maybe even not, because American engines tend to run on anything, really. You know, it actually gets better fuel economy than the Z06. I can't remember the exact wow. numbers off my back of my head.
head. But this is 840 horsepower couch. I'm just calling it that now. Yeah. And it does about the same as a Z06 on gas if you drive it normally. So to answer the, the lady's question, uh, is it a lady? Um, I do think that the Land Cruiser can run on anything. Even the E Plus 90 can run on that. And you will not feel any loss in power. It's, isn't it down, Trezard, to how you drive the car? Well, more I, than I, the pet- I've, I've keep proving that over and over again about how efficient you can be in terms of driving the car. But just on an interesting aside on that, there are like some old diesel cars. I know we were being down on diesels earlier, but you take like a... You were. An old, I, I, I was being down <laughs> well, on the, the, you, the Western world is. The, but you take like an 80s Mercedes or an 80s, 90s Mercedes diesel. Do they, you can, do they come not non-diesel? Uh, they were there were diesels available at that time. Generally, taxis in Germany. You but were there were there petrol engines? For yeah. Those? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. Oh, I thought they were all diesel. No, no. There's always been petrol. I thought engines. they only made diesel at no, that there's time. There's always okay. been petrol. Gotcha. Engines. Okay. But if you had the diesels, you could run them on anything. You could take chip fat and put it well, into them it, and still run them. Can you do that now with diesel? No, because mm-hmm. the engine management systems and the filters no. and stuff, you'll, you'll mess it up. So nowadays, no. But the older diesels, mm. you pretty much can. I thought that's kind of Again, neat. it's not the recommended thing yeah. to do. And you do, you do need to filter them before you do that. But yeah. you can technically run them on anything. Uh, the Hummer uh, H1, for example, was supposed to be able to run on just about anything. Which yeah. makes sense, you know, being a military vehicle out, you, know, you never know when you might, you know. That was never saleable to the public, Yeah, was that, it? that was a military vehicle, and that was pretty much, you put anything in there, it'll carry on running. It was a dual there max was, diesel of that's some sort. It. There, And there was an experiment done on a, on a British TV show where they basically put petrol into a diesel. And it kept running. It, kept run, it ran for a good long, long time before eventually it went, it, it didn't die actually. It just started doing lots of strange things. <laughs> so, which, so can you put petrol in a diesel and vice versa? No, no, you no, should not. No, 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 no you should no, not. Because now no, you no. just told everybody. I do not do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, this is just a just, just We a were nerdy. talking about a, a TV show no, and yeah. something. This things is people just doing. Don't do it. Don't do it. They, and when they did this, they did this with old junked cars yeah, that don't they were going to get rid of. You know? So no. this is just a general, this is just a very However, nerdy fact. if you put no. diesel into your petrol engine, do not start it. you got to get it cleaned up. No, go back to what I was saying earlier when I referred to the fact that I... I always, because we drive so many different cars that yeah. we have to be careful about what we're driving. I generally will always get out and go and look at the petrol yeah, cap absolutely. before I tell the guy what to put in there or even do it myself. Yeah. Because I need to be sure what sort of fuel goes in there. Yeah. Be in mind also that some uh, cars, particularly in, in where you countries where you have diesels and non-diesels, the fuel, uh, the pump size and the fuel filler size will be different. So you, uh, you yeah. can't actually put the fuel filler exactly. uh, into that into that pump if, if it, into the uh, nozzle. I think typically back in, yeah. in North America, the the diesel nozzle is larger yeah. so will not fit in the, the space yeah, exactly. for the petrol yeah. unfortunately a petrol nozzle will fit into a diesel yeah, which is people have done that yeah people yeah, have exactly. done that so be very very careful now the, 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 after that long winded discussion the short answer is I don't believe that uh, the, that you need to be putting in the special stuff in your car unless it specifically states so what's the tip for fuel efficiency specifically pertaining to the land cruiser there isn't. You bought the wrong car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, that is never going to be a very good car on gas. I mean, I, even if you're the V... Here's a fun fact about the Land Cruisers, because I've driven a lot of them. V6 and V8 pretty much get the same fuel efficiency. Yeah, you yeah. can get a V8, it's pretty much the same around No, what, what I've always said about these cars, and to be fair to the Land Cruiser, you know, I've managed to get good fuel efficiency out of a Chrysler 300 CS RT8. It's all about how you drive them. And one of the things about larger engine cars is that they're, working, they're not having to work as hard to move the car. So you're actually using less revs overall. So if you drive it sensibly, like you say, you can find that actually the economy is not that much different between the two. It's almost identical. Basically, accelerate smoothly, brake smoothly, drive smoothly. Just like if you're on a racetrack, just drive smoothly and you'll see the results. And I hope if you're constantly on the gas, off the gas, if you're just reacting to traffic, of course your fuel economy is going to be bad. 
Imtishan and Shazad are here from Motoring Middle East. This is Car Talk. Car Talk. Car Talk. This is Cough Talk tonight, cough ladies talk. and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're testing cough drops Let's and cough syrups. <laughs> Let me finish. <laughs> Car talk is what you're listening to, which is on Nimshon from Motor Middle East. I, 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 tell, me, tell me about the Infinity QX30 that uh-huh. you had a spin on. That's right. Do yes. I want one of these? Uh, maybe. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. It's uh, Okay, so Infinity's QX. Now, you're wondering, like I was wondering, what is an Infinity's QX30? Well, the Infinity's... Infinitix, I did. That was Infin- the question Infinitix. I asked. Yeah, and I've just called it Infinitix now. I've just renamed the entire brand yeah. Infinitix now. The Infinity QX30 is basically a slightly higher version of the Infinitic, uh, Infinity, Infinity. Infinity Q30. Ah. Can't get my words out today. It's a bit like your cough syrup. Anyway... So the and which in itself is based on a Mercedes A class. That's basically what it is. And uh, so the QX30 is based on the Mercedes GLA. Oh, so that's gotcha. what it is. Yeah. So um, and basically what you're looking at with these cars that are basically about 30% cheaper than the Mercedes. 30%. Yeah. So you go. All right. Well, in that case. You know, why don't I just go, uh, okay, maybe, oh, sorry, actually, God, I just looked at my nose, 25%. Same ballpark. Yeah. So you're talking about, you know, a car that would be 25% cheaper than the Mercedes, and you get the Infinity, uh, and, and there are some differences. Yeah. So the four-wheel drive system is actually tuned by Infinity themselves, so Ooh, they've tweaked okay. it, so that's okay. the, engineered to their requirements. Um, but generally, it's quite similar. Uh, has its own style and look and everything like that. But that's the main appeal is that you're buying a, still a premium, classy, nice product. It's nice to drive, nice to cruise yeah. around and no problem at all, um, but for slightly cheaper than the Mercedes GLA. So ask me then, would I buy the QX30? Would you buy it? No, I'd buy the Q30. <laughs> okay, why? <laughs> because the Q30 is even cheaper. Okay. And honestly, the ground clearance is not that big a difference. It's not a car that you're going to go dune yeah. bashing in. So unless you live like somewhere where you do a lot of gravel tracking and gravel roading and stuff right. like that, you know, just ch- save even more because you know the bottom end QX30 will start from 150,000 dirhams, mm. which is about where the top of the range QX Q30 will so, be. So you'll right. get the Q30 with all the options, all the all the right. all the trimmings. You might as well have that one. And I drove that about a year and a half ago. I think a year and a half or maybe two years ago in Beirut. And, you and I had it. a lot of fun. It was, it was a great okay. little car, yeah. So I'd just go for that one, honestly. Infinity, bring it on. There yeah. we go. There you go. Two thumbs up. But coming. I mean, you know, they're giving people a choice, right? Yeah. That's what it's about. There we go. Uh, let's head over to line five. Faisal's joining us. Faisal, thank you very much for holding. How can the guys Hi. from Motoring Middle East help you? Yes, I have a quick question. You're in the mid-size 4 by 4s I mean, it's a very tough choice, right? So which one, what sort of a car... Uh, would you uh, recommend? I mean, what are you looking at? Uh, what sort of things are you thinking about? I was looking at the Ford Edge. I mean, yeah. they've got some good offers right now. Yeah, new or the used? Size is not bad. Uh, new, brand new. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. A lot of good offers out there. Buy it now before Ramadan, because Ramadan then the offers will be fixed. But I would say I think the Ford Edge is a good car. If that one's got your uh, uh, your fancy, if you've had a go in it, if you had a test drive, if you had a if you have a family and you've put the family in it and they're happy with the car and the space and everything then that's a perfectly yeah. good car to go for. I'd go for it. I'd also check out the uh, used approved scheme that Altaira's got um, because you may okay. be able to save a little bit more and still get a relatively fresh car. What else might surprise them, though? In that range, I mean, there's, wow, there's so much choice in that range, isn't uh, there? Hyundai Santa Fe. Uh, there's the new RAV4 that's coming very soon. CRV is a very strong car. I would still stick to yeah. the four-wheel drive versions. And just on the edge as well, I would say try out the two-liter EcoBoost. It may seem like a smaller engine, but I think it's actually the smarter engine to get because you get really good fuel economy out of it. 
What else is there in the okay. segment? Um, Nissan's got the Pathfinder, haven't they, in that segment as well? Yeah. But that's that's the well, seventh. Well, no, it's a bit bigger, that. The Pathfinder's a bit bigger because that's Explorer size. He's talking Ford Edge. Um, you're probably looking at something like an X-Trail. Uh, you're looking at maybe the Renault Coleus. That'd be worth a look. Actually, great value for money, that thing. Um, you're looking at, uh, you mentioned Honda CRV, didn't you? Mazda CX-9. The Jeep uh, Cherokee. Could be a car to look at. Good, uh, good price Compass on those at the newly moment. Launched the new Compass, Compass is slightly smaller, slightly smaller, but not that much more. Again, again, so why not Grand Cherokee? Uh, Grand Cherokee is a bit bigger. It's a bit yeah. bigger. So if you, but I'm, I'm trying to go like <laughs> for like. So I'm going Edge, Cherokee. Man, but you, you've got such options here. Yeah, this is the thing. The market is full of fantastic uh, SUVs in that segment at that sort of price range. And really, you need to do yeah. a little bit of shopping. Just go around. You know, spend a Friday. Go around all the. Uh, go down Shakeside Road. Visit all the dealerships. See what you like. Take your family along as well because they're going to be riding the car, using the car, and make sure they're comfortable in it. Uh, but certainly start with the Ford Edge because if that's the one that you like, then I think that's the, I can't really tell you any reason not to buy that car. It's a nice car to drive, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Sure. Thanks. There we and go. And I just have one more uh, one more question. Can I ask you one more question? Okay. Sorry. Fire away. We got three minutes. Yeah, yeah. So you know, with the Land Cruiser, uh, the L200 has been around for nearly 10 years now. When do you think will the shape uh, be upgraded for the Land Cruiser? Any idea? Uh, I think 23rd century, I think. Yeah, it's taken a while. It's the <laughs> longest-lived Land Cruiser of all time. Um, I would say closer to 2020, so not at any time soon. Okay, okay, fine. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Faisal, thank you very much. Have a great night. Thank you. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. There we go. So it seems like he wanted a Land Cruiser at the end all of a sudden. I know, I'm After thinking, all that, I'm it's thinking. like, well, you led us down a strange path there. It's like we went from Ford Edge to Land Cruiser. But the Land Cruiser will always be the Land Cruiser, you know. Captain Doesn't Picard, what Land Captain Cruiser. Picard will land on a planet and they'll find an L200. Do you know what I mean? It'll, that'll, mm. That's what will happen. <laughs> I, I an interesting statistic just now. Uh, Prado chassis are basically they all build them to last a certain amount of time, right? So an average Prado is expected to last a minimum of 600,000 kilometers, which is a lot. Wow. Land Cruisers since the 90s have been built to do a million kilometers. Wow. <laughs> you see, I want a vehicle where they want it to do a million kilometers. Because you might do that, mileage. Probably. <laughs> if I tell you, <clears throat> excuse me, now I've got, see, I've got what you had. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, why don't they to put that on the car? If I built a car that's that was designed, it. no, but you, I, you know, if I did, I would put that everywhere. Yeah. I would put that all, I'd put it on the side of the car. I can't say that because what if it doesn't do a million <laughs> kilometers? I can understand their problem. It's like, you know, the kind of people out here just abuse it. We've engineered it. But you know, isn't that, isn't that kind of what Volvo used to play on? That yeah. their cars were meant to be you know long lasting would just yeah. go on forever and ever and ever so yeah i'd, I'd really go with that fact i mean I'd be all over it. yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely mm. Mm. well you know what the the only other vehicle that uh really caught my eye this week is a ford uh f-250 roush wow roush yeah, they do Roush versions of those, don't they? Yeah. yeah. But that, that, isn't that just a sticker and a loud exhaust at that point? I, I don't, don't know. know. Two, uh, 2018. But loud exhaust are good. It's the Roush Super Duty F250. Why? I'm just thinking because That's they enormous. can. Can you imagine? That's <laughs> I mean, no. But, but, but don't Roush actually do quite a bit of work? They don't just put Roush badges oh, on them, oh, do well, they? You can get Roush yeah. bits yeah. for the car. Oh, yeah. and by the way, we need to give a big shout out to our number one fan in Peterborough, Canada. Dougie. Right, hey Dougie. Who is listening right now. Hey Dougie. Loves the show. Yeah, Dougie. He's wearing the hat. He, yeah. I think he puts the hat on when he knows his, the show's going to be on. Brilliant. So, you know, <laughs> huge shout out to Dougie. Sorry we did, we only got it right at the end. Yeah. And one other thing, the old my brother went out and bought a, a brand new pickup truck. 
Oh yeah, what did he get? The How Roush. Canadian? <laughs> the <laughs> Roush. He got red. <laughs> he got red. He got a red one. He got a red one. Okay. Yeah. Red what? Red what? GMC. All right. Oh, GMC great. what? Uh, Sierra. Sierra. Oh. Yeah, four door. Fancy. Cool. Yeah, nice. He went for the big boy. That's but but, nice. but he was 20 years as a GM mechanic, so he's never gonna get a he's Ford. Never gonna no. get a Ford. No. <laughs> right. No. Did he buy the brand new one? Brand he, new. No, but does he know there's an all new one just around the corner? Like literally has been shown all I, that. I think he, very I think at this point he he was at a, a point where he needed the new vehicle and he didn't have the opportunity to wait. Yeah, but don't forget because he'd driven new his one. other one to the dirt to the yeah. literally. You do that in the Americas. But don't but don't, yeah. but don't forget new one around the corner means good prices on the current one. Yeah. So that know, applies over here. Yeah. yeah that applies over here. Gentlemen, we got to wrap up the show. Uh, you've been listening to Car Talk Motoring Middle East. Uh, you can find them Facebook, Instagram. YouTube, oh, YouTube is fantastic. You guys <laughs> do a you. great show there. Uh, lots going on, all the socials, and of course, you show up here every Monday at this time to talk cars. Really appreciate it. Catch us on the podcast. Guys, thank you very much. Bye. See ya. A <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little uh, lackluster there, gentlemen. Let's do that again. Guys, catch up with you soon. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> this has been Car Talk. So that means...